Welcome, Imaginators. Sit back, buckle in, and ignite your imagination. I'm Joey Massio, and this is the Imaginate series, Season 1, The Man with the Red Umbrella. This is the second episode, and since you're still listening, you must be a little bit intrigued. Uh, If you are, if you would like to support the podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave a rating on iTunes. Ratings will help us get into the new and noteworthy section of iTunes, and that will get us some more listeners. For updates, additional content, and to become an official Imaginator, follow us on Twitter at Imaginate Series. Join our mailing list at www.imaginateseries.com or follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imaginateseries. This episode is brought to you by Jeannie Rothfuss of Seven Gables Real Estate. Jeannie can help you with all your real estate needs, including selling, purchasing, or even leasing a new home. She's a specialist in Orange and Riverside counties in beautiful Southern California. She's been a top producer and has 20 years of experience as a successful, caring agent. She's even helped me and my wife buy our first home. So please let her know how she can help you by emailing her at genier at sevengables.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-I-E-R at sevengables.com. And now, Imaginate, The Man with the Red Umbrella, Episode 2, The Tulip Parade. It always confused Nate why something called a float never left the ground. The Tulip Parade was a pretty big deal in Southern California, and thousands of people came out to watch it, including the spellings. Television crews lined the streets, reporters buzzed about, and everyone gathered to watch the floats roll by. Not float, roll. The thing that made this parade so special was that all of the floats were made from thousands of little colored flowers forming different pictures or scenes. Green and brown flowers formed a large tree on one float. Pink and peach colored flowers made up a ballerina on another. One even had a mixture of silver, blue, and white flowers arranged to look like a giant castle. The flowered-covered floats lined up and paraded down the street. So many people came out to the Tulip Parade that some even camped out the night before. Every year, the spelling showed up the morning of, which meant they never had the best seats. Nate jumped up and down, trying to see over the crowd. He used to sit on his dad's shoulders, but he was told a few years ago that he was too big for that. Now, Hunter and Jack took turns. Nate didn't mind being too big for something, but not when it still left him too small to see over other people's heads. He didn't like being short on every other day of the year, but Nate especially hated being short on New Year's Day slash his birthday. The announcers' voices roared over the loudspeakers. There were two announcers, Franklin and Juanita. The only reason Nate remembered their names was because they kept saying them over and over again. Franklin, our next and final float is from the HB Toy Company. Franklin smiled through his words. (laughs) That's right, Juanita. The HB Toy Company is the second largest toy distributor 
in the country. They donated over $50,000 worth of toys to the Southern California Children's Orphanage at Christmas. <laughs> what big hearts they have over here, Franklin. Big hearts. Juanita seemed to be trying extra hard to sound like she was touched. And their float is always spectacular. They've won the Tulip Trophy for the past three years in a row. It looks like they could win it again this year, Juanita. <laughs> their float is simply amazing. Nate had to take Franklin's word for it, because all he could see was the backs of the people standing in front of him. A few feet away, Spencer had found a trash can to stand on. Not like Spencer needed it. He'd gotten their father's tall jeans. Nate walked over to him. He already knew what the answer was going to be, but he asked anyway. Can I get up there? Uh, yeah, sure, no. Come on, I can't see anything. When pleading didn't work, Nate tried pulling Spencer's heartstrings. It's my birthday. Well, then maybe you should have used your birthday wish to grow a little. Spencer laughed. Nate should have known that wasn't going to work. In order to pull on someone's heartstrings, they had to have a heart. Oh, cool. What? Nate jumped up and down. Oh, little brother, want to see what's going on? Spencer grinned. Franklin's voice sounded over the crowd. Juanita, this is the most amazing float I have ever seen. Bravo, bravo. Nate wanted to punch Franklin right in the face. He wanted to do something even worse to Spencer. Nate knew he had three options. Option number one, physically remove Spencer off the trash can, which would end in a fight that Nate would lose. He always lost fights to Spencer. Option number two, get his parents to remove Spencer as king of the hill, which would take at least five minutes of arguing, and Nate would miss the float. Or, option number three, find a better location. Nate chose option three. Spencer kept his eye on the HB Toy Company float. Mark, the oldest brother, texted his friends while Mr. and Mrs. Spelling juggled Hunter, Jack, and Lily to make sure they could see. So no one in his family noticed Nate head down the crowded sidewalk in search of a better spot. And nobody noticed the man with the red umbrella step out from behind a nearby building and follow after him. Not even Nate. Nate hurried down a few blocks, looking for a break in the crowd. But there wasn't one. The man with the red umbrella picked up his pace to catch up. His ragged purple suit gave him a presence in the crowd. People on the sidewalk stepped out of his way, either because his old suit made him look like he might have been somebody important 50 years ago, or because they didn't want his dirt to rub off on them. Whatever the reason, the man with the red umbrella quickly closed the gap between them. The thick crowd of parade watchers left little room for Nate to squeeze through. He almost succeeded in shimmying between a large woman in a yellow dress and a short man in overalls, but they nudged him out. Nate stopped at a gap made by a fire hydrant. At the end of the block, the man with the red umbrella stepped up the curb and headed toward him. Too easy, he thought. As Nate tried to fit in around the fire hydrant, 
the man unlatched the strap on his umbrella. He approached Nate and reached out to grab him. Nate ducked into the crowd on his hands and knees and crawled between their legs. Being short wasn't so bad now. The man with the red umbrella tried to squeeze through the crowd after him. His cheap suit spread dirt onto everyone he touched, but they still didn't move. He was blocked. Nate pushed forward along the ground. Someone stepped on his hand and his knee landed in some gum, but all he thought about was how awesome the HB Toy Company's float would be. Being a toy company, it would have to be covered in toys. He could picture it perfectly. Black flowers made up a racetrack that ran around the whole outside of the float, with one blue and one red car speeding around it. On the front of the float, a large brown bear balanced on a yellow ball with a green stripe. Green army men popped up and down out of holes all over the float, aiming their rifles made out of flowers in every direction. Right, the boom. What could be making the boom? Got it! On top of the float was a large red present with blue ribbon. Every 30 seconds, a humongous tank broke out from the front of the present, rotated its cannon from side to side, then, boom, shot flowers out over the crowd. If it was that awesome in Nate's mind, he couldn't wait for the real thing. Nate crawled to the curb and stuck his head out between the wall of legs on the edge of the street. There it was. The HB Toy Company float. It was boring. There were no race cars, no balancing bear, no tank. There was a lame turtle and a stupid bunny. Toys from the tortoise and the hare were last year's hot item thanks to a popular movie about the fable. On the float, a tortoise looked like he was jogging down a path and a rabbit slept by a tree. A boom sounded accompanied by a puff of smoke. And the rickety tortoise slowly moved down the track. When he got to the end, the float would reset and do it again. It was probably cool to everyone else, but to Nate, who had imagined so much more, it was pathetic. This was going to win the tulip trophy? Disappointed, Nate lay between the feet of the crowd. A few yards behind him, the man with the red umbrella broke through the crowd and inched toward Nate. It was a tight squeeze, but he used his bony elbows to jab people in the ribcages to make them move. The task of kidnapping Nate was proving tougher than he thought, and with all these people around, someone was bound to notice. However, he knew that all he had to do was touch Nate with his red umbrella. Then. It would all be over. The man hit a wall when he came to two burly tattooed guys in sleeveless shirts who stood their ground. Unable to go any further, the man got his arm between them and pointed his umbrella in Nate's direction. The tip of the umbrella stopped short, just inches away from Nate's foot. The man pushed with all his might. He was tall, but he wasn't strong. The tattooed guys barely moved. Sticking his skinny arm between their muscular tattooed bodies was like squeezing it in a vice. But the umbrella got even closer. One inch. A half inch. Five centimeters? 
The explosion rattled the whole crowd, and the two buff guys jumped and screamed like girls, knocking the man with the red umbrella backwards to the ground. Everyone looked toward the end of the parade route. Another float was coming down the street. Franklin's confused voice came over the loudspeakers. Juanita, there appears to be one last float. Juanita was just as confused. Um, yes, uh, Franklin, um... Papers wrestled frantically over the microphone. Why don't you tell us all about it? Me? Why don't you? The previously polite voices took on a hard edge. There's nothing in my notes about another float, Franklin. I don't have anything either, Juanita. (laughs) They both started whispering. Franklin, did you lose a page? Why is it my fault? You're the one who doesn't pull her weight around here. This coming from the guy who just took a nap under the bleachers. You're trying to make me look like an idiot, aren't you? Well, that wouldn't be very hard. The loudspeaker cut off. The crowd stared in awe as the float rolled down the path. Actually, it wasn't rolling at all. Because he was laying on the dirty ground, Nate could see under the float. It wasn't rolling. It didn't have any wheels. It was floating. The float was floating down the street. Nate shimmied out of the crowd and stood up. He watched, mouth open, as the float came down the street. It was the exact float he had imagined. A racetrack made of black flowers looped around the base. A blue car chased a red car around the turn. On the front, a brown grizzly bear balanced on a yellow ball with a green stripe. A dozen green army men popped their heads out of holes all over the float. The man with the red umbrella got to his feet. He located Nate standing on the street. He headed toward him, but something about the way Nate stared at the float made him pause. Nate slowly walked toward the float staring up at the giant red and blue present at the top. It can't be. The man's ears perked up, and he cocked his head to one side. The float stopped right in front of Nate. The red and blue present started to rumble, but Nate stood there, unafraid. A tank burst out of the front of the present. Its cannon rotated back and forth, surveying the crowd for a good target. It lowered its aim and pointed straight at Nate. Nate stared up into the floral cannon in awe. The people in the crowd watched, holding their breaths. The man gripped his umbrella. Orange and yellow flowers exploded all over Nate. Flowers covered his head, with a few landing in his open mouth. He spit them out. The crowd erupted in applause. The loudspeaker squeaked back on. Well, it looks like we have ourselves a mystery float, Franklin. A mystery indeed, Juanita. We have absolutely no idea where this float came from. (laughs) The man with the red umbrella hurried away from the parade route. He turned into an alley, took out the ripped piece of newspaper, and wrote, He's stronger than we imagined.
voices for this episode were by the very talented Bobby Massio, Michael Rosenbaum, and Jessica White. Imaginate theme music by Jeffrey Larson. Until next time, Imaginators, dream the impossible, then don't rest until it's reality. Reality.